Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. So for a number of years, uh, this isn't the notices anymore. <laughs> We're segueing beautifully. We're doing a beautiful segue. Um, for a number of years, this church has been prayerfully considering um, wanting to be connected to a larger family well before we came. Um, but the church has, in essence, been independent for 95 years about that. But there was a growing sense among the leadership that they wanted to be part of a bigger church family um, and that that would benefit them. As many of you know, Simon and I came along a few years ago, um, and our previous history was with the Vineyard Movement. Uh, We've been with Andrew since 1989, so it is 20... And he had a ponytail. We were all really young. We We were children. I didn't have a ponytail. No, we were We were children. (laughs) No, Simon had literally just become a Christian and we met Andrew and his brother David and the rest is history, as they would say. So since 1989, we've been part of that movement, uh, obviously, in Birmingham was our main place, our only place, really. Uh, And we've said to you many times that our mission was not to come here and make Riverside a vineyard church. We had no idea when God asked asked us to come down that that was his plan because he always has a different plan. We laid it down and just thought that God just had something else for us. But as we journeyed with the senior leaders and the trustees and the wider leadership team, it became apparent that to re-establish a connection with the vineyard was going to be a positive thing and it was going to be a place where we could call home as a church. Now, we did a series at the beginning of this year on vineyard values so that you were all introduced to the values that the vineyard hold dear. And I thought I'd just remind you all of what we are sort of signing up to today and what we wholeheartedly believe in. So the Holy Spirit really important. We want to be a people who rely on and embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. We believe that with the power of the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we can do all that Jesus did and more because he promised us. So the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is absolutely crucial to our life and our ministry. And we want to be a people of the presence And that's why we pray, come Holy Spirit, which I'm sure you've heard us do many times, because we want to create a place of encounter with God where his spirit can touch us, not just in this place, everywhere. Come Holy Spirit is a prayer you can pray wherever. And we want you to, especially here, have that encounter so that you can take it out into wherever God places you in the week. And it's also the power to heal us and change us, speak to us, guide us. So the Holy Spirit is a very, well, it's the priority. Worship is another value. We worship God because he's worthy to be praised. And when we worship, we make Jesus the centre, the central focus of all our attention. And, you know, we become like what or who we worship. And our plan is that we become more like Jesus. We worship primarily through songs, but that's not the only way you can worship, as you know. And worship should be a whole lifestyle of surrender to God. Kingdom. We want to be a kingdom people who are commissioned and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works of God and the kingdom. And with Jesus, we're empowered, as I said, by the Holy Spirit to do all of those things, to bring change and transformation to our places of work, our families, our communities, our towns and our cities. And we want to partner with Jesus to demonstrate to everybody that the kingdom of God is near and is advancing. 
The poor, that's a, a vineyard value. We want to lean toward the poor, the outcast and the outsider with the compassion of Jesus. And we want to grow in that as a church. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Compassion is a word often used in the vineyard to sum up the kind of Christians that we want to become. Compassion means to suffer with. Compassion motivates us to go to the lost, to the poor, to the outcast, to the outsider, to the broken-hearted person and show them uh, the loving uh, care of Jesus and to look at them with the eyes of Jesus at Riverside. We want to demonstrate God's love in practical ways and we want to be known as a church who loves the poor. Everyone gets to play. Jesus' kingdom ministry is for everyone, not just anyone who thinks they are special. The Holy Spirit can empower any one of us to do what Jesus did. We all get to be involved in kingdom ministry, not just leaders. We believe everybody gets to play. So as we make ourselves available to God, he will use us if we're surrendered. And we all have a very different part to play, and we have to do whatever God has asked us to do. So nothing much will change for us as a church because we have been uh, sowing into those values for a long time. And when the leaders looked at those values, everybody resonated with them. as was like, yes, this is what we want. We want more of this. And so not a lot's going to change. We'll just do them more and they'll become our priority. But the benefit for us is it will become part of a larger community, a relational network and a family of churches that will give us support and accountability and will be a place for us to find a home. We'll have access to conferences and training events and speakers. And we'll also be part of the uh, network of vineyards in Kent, which Nick and Chris are area leaders of. So there's Canterbury Vineyard, Ashford Vineyard, Medway and the Bay Vineyard. And we're now part of that area. So we believe that becoming part of the vineyard movement today is the next step in what God is asking us to do as a church. It's the next step in our growth and our maturity as a local church. And we're so excited to just be partnering with God and the vineyard movement to see everything that he's going to do. Amen. That's worth a round of applause, isn't it? I think... Sorry. I'm a preacher. Shall I sit down? You can if you want to, sweetheart. I won't feel dejected or rejected. Or We're joining a family, and families are really important to God, aren't they? Uh, it says in Psalm 68, 6, that God sets the lonely in families. God is in the business of joining us all to something bigger, something greater, and connecting us. Uh, Jesus said in John 8, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And what Jesus is referring to there is when we try and go our own way in life, when we do what the Bible calls sin, we miss the heart of God, we miss the best plan for our life, when we go our own way, that leads us into isolation. In fact, it leads us into what you could describe as solitary confinement. We're kind of trapped in our freedom, the freedom that we think we'll get by doing our own thing. But actually, Jesus says that enslaves us. It actually confines us. And Jesus is the one who actually leads us out of that solitary confinement into freedom. So when Jesus comes and we meet him and we receive him, he deals with the isolation of sin. He sets us free from that solitary confinement and that isolation. But he doesn't just take you into solitary freedom. He takes you into a family. And that's the important thing. He places us into the family of God. 
So as soon as we receive Jesus, we become part of something bigger automatically. The gospel isn't a solitary gospel. It's not just designed to have an impact in your life and your life alone. It's designed to go through you to other people. The gospel unites us and sets us free. Psalm 68, you could translate from the Greek, God sets the solitary in houses, which is a lovely translation, isn't it? God sets the solitary in houses. He takes the person who's on the outside and puts them into the family home, into the family house. And he goes on to say, he brings out those who are bound by chains. And so he releases us from the isolation of sin and he places us into his family, into his home. He breaks that confinement, those bad choices, and he puts us into a family. And not only welcome to the table, but we're also re-adopted into God's family. We become his sons and daughters, which is an extraordinary thing. Extraordinary truth of the gospel. We're not just forgiven. We don't just have right standing with God. We become members of the family. And that's an extraordinary thing to reflect on. Your place at the family table through Jesus is secured. You need never worry about your place being lost through your imperfection or your inconsistency. Your place at the table will always be secured in Jesus. We don't live in fear and insecurity about losing our place in the family because the Son sets us free and he gives us that permanent place at the table. And so you need to think again this morning. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm not, I've not measured up this week to Jesus. I've done some things which might have made God unhappy. That shouldn't create insecurity in you because the cross has done it all. The cross has done it all. And you can come to Jesus today and say, Jesus, I'm sorry about those things I've done which are in line with your values or your heart, but I know that doesn't disqualify me from a place in the family home because the slave is enslaved to sin, but the son has a permanent place in the family. And we know that all across the world, God is uniting his church. More and more, we're seeing the way that God is uniting and bringing together his church family. He's breaking down the isolation in individuals and in denominations, and he's uniting. We've just come back from the HTB Leaders Conference in London, and every year we go there and we see more and more unity developing across the globe through different denominations and expressions of God's church. And it's really, really exciting to see what God is doing. So what we're doing today is kind of part of being caught in God's bigger picture. This is happening to you, it's happening to me, it's happening to us. But actually it's the bigger part of God's plan to unite his church and bring his church and connect it to something bigger. Our vision for Riverside this year was to be more connected. We talked about that back in February. And we said how we want to be more connected to God, more connected to each other, more connected to our communities in mission and ministry, and more connected to a church family. And so our adoption into the Vineyard Movement today is a demonstration of God's heart to connect us all into something bigger and greater. We will benefit from being part of the Vineyard, and I'm sure they're going to benefit from us being part of it as well, hopefully. But it's more than that. The real benefit is the greater opportunity for the extension of God's kingdom through the church. That's the real benefit that's taking place here. This is all part of God's bigger plan. And by joining the vineyard, in part, we're kind of answering Jesus' prayer. Or in part, Jesus prayed in John 17, may they be one as we are one. And that's a prayer that's being answered by degrees throughout history. God is bringing his church together and uniting it. And we thank God today that in Jesus we have freedom and we have a place at the family table which is secure. And we also thank the vineyard for their warm and gracious welcome to be part of a bigger family. So I said at the end of the worship, let's use today as a chance to recommit ourselves to God. If the Son has set you free, 
you are free indeed. How are you going to use that freedom? How are you going to use the freedom that God has given you, that Jesus has given you? Because your foundation is secure. We sung our hearts out this morning about that. Your foundation is secure. Your place at the family table is assured. How are you going to use the freedom that God has given you? Amen? I want to welcome Andrew and Rosie. Let's give him a warm round of applause. Thank you very much. Well, we are so excited to be with you this morning. It's a real joy and a treat for us to be amongst friends. And uh, we were last with you when Simon and Keely were installed or kind of welcomed. Uh, installed, is that like, like a dishwasher, doesn't it? Um, when they were <laughs> plugging them in. Um, when they were welcomed by you so generously in your previous space, in your previous church building. And I've got to be honest, we're having a little bit of building envy right now. <laughs> this is a wonderful space you have, isn't it? I don't ever get flippant. This is a gift from God to you, to, to bless this community and to have an impact in this wider area. Wow, what a space. It makes our place feel rather pokey. We, we think you need a bigger room, guys. You're full already. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Got to do something about that. Anyway, um, We've just had uh, the last three months uh, on sabbatical, so we've been travelling around. Um, so we're feeling very chilled and very relaxed, and uh, we've had some time in the States. Um, basically, a sabbatical is a chance to pray and connect with Jesus and just discern what he's saying to us, uh, for us and our lives and our marriage and our family, but also for leadership and for church. And we feel really excited to be We've been to California, we've been to New York, we've been to Amsterdam, Spain, and we saved the best till last because we've come to Whitstable last. Woo! <laughs> this is our last day before we go back to work tomorrow. So thank you for the welcome. Um, any of you played around with Google Earth? You've, you've done Google Earth, you've looked at... Isn't it funny? You get onto the computer. If you don't know, Google Earth gives you the chance to look at all sorts of places around the world. And you have this opportunity to look at the Taj Mahal or the Eiffel Tower. And what do you do? First thing you do, you tap in your own postcode, don't you? <laughs> you look at your own little house. Well, I want to imagine we've done Google Earth right now. And, and, and the story here of this church is, is us tapping on our own postcode. And in many ways, uh, what the Holy Spirit wants us to do is just sort of zoom out a little bit on Google Earth when you don't just look at the immediate, but you step back and think, what's the bigger picture that we're being invited into, that you're being welcomed into? with this uh, vineyard adoption. You are a wonderful church with a fantastic story and all of your story is treasured by God and it's something that you should celebrate. But there is a, there's another story that's happening as well and it's an adventure that we're invited into and it's a story that connects us with a clan. You know when you have um, family gatherings, Simon and Keely spoke about uh, being in a family and being welcomed by God. Well, if you have an extended family who live in different parts of the country, maybe you have the joy of gathering at Christmas or Easter or you get the family together. And when you get together with a family, you swap stories and you see how people have grown and how things are changing and you get to celebrate together. Well, in many ways... Being part of the Vineyard family is just being part of a clan where God is working in different ways. And we share similar values, the ones that Keely described. And we have this sense of God is doing some things in our part of the body of Christ. And we're no different or special than anybody else, but we're just a clan seeking to extend God's kingdom. One of the phrases that our national directors have used to describe what we're about is we are extending God's kingdom together everywhere in every way and we're all invited and included in that so if we do the google earth thing for a minute and we step back from our own postcode and we look a little bit bigger at what's going on in this family that you're now part of just to give you a flavor around the globe there are about 2400 vineyard churches that have been planted about 41 years ago 
to this day, in fact, in America. A church got started by a chap called John Wimber and his wife, and they met on a Sunday morning. It's Mothering Sunday in the States, but it's not Mothering Sunday here. Different Mothering Sunday, but Mothering Sunday, uh, 1977, uh, the first vineyard church gathered, and since those early beginnings... Two and a half thousand churches have been planted. And it's about every week that goes by, about three or four churches get opened somewhere in the world. Um, So there's a growing story of God's adventure. And in the UK, if we bring that down to this part of the world, there are about 120 churches dotted around the UK and Ireland. And every six weeks, a new church opens. Isn't that exciting? A new site or a new church gets started. And that's the story that you're part of, a story of God through ordinary folks like you and me saying yes to Jesus. There's a growth of the kingdom, and that's what we're excited about. So, so I want to just take a moment to just read a brief portion of Scripture. Rosie's going to do that for us from Acts chapter 2. And I want you to hear the inclusive, all-encompassing language that's in this bit of the Bible. You might know it, you might be familiar with the story. But I think it's, it's a bit of God's story that says we all have a place at the table and we're all in. <laughs> There's a space for every one of us, young and old, rich and poor, male and female. The Holy Spirit wants to use us in the extension of God's kingdom. So I'm going to read a little bit from Acts 2. And I'm actually using a new translation of the Bible called the Passion Translation. If you haven't come across the Passion Translation yet, um, it's a beautiful translation, which is really uh, well worth getting hold of. They haven't done all of the Bible yet, just the New Testament and uh, Psalms and Proverbs. But here we go, Acts 2. So I'm just going to read two little sections, um, verses 1 to 4. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. And then jumping over to verse 17. This is what God says. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will all prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Is that enough? It's all good. We could, we could keep going, but we'll stop there for now. Do you know, um, I think when this story happened in Acts chapter 2, the early church that's been gathering and praying, Jesus has chatted to them and said, I want you to go into... Uh, don't just think about Jerusalem. I want you to do a Google Earth moment for a minute because you're just focused on Jerusalem. I want to zoom out a little bit from Jerusalem and my Holy Spirit's going to come on you. It's a bigger picture, friends. It's not just Jerusalem. This is a, a Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, even to Istanbul. It's going to go everywhere, <laughs> this thing. It's wonderful. And actually... Um, I think there's a glint in the father's eye and a smile on his face when he's looking at this early crowd of believers because he knows from his perspective what he's got in store. He wants to take this, this kind of crowd of 120 people and he wants to scatter them throughout the known world and make Jesus famous. And he wants to use ordinary people to do that. And he's got this glint in his eye and a smile on his face and he knows all that's needed is the power of the Spirit. 
just if the, if the Holy Spirit comes, my goodness, what can happen? It could be incredible. And they don't get it. They're just thinking we're praying and what's going to happen. And they, didn't, they didn't know the end of the story, friends. They're in it. They're in this story thinking what might happen. And the Holy Spirit comes and we've heard what happens there. And it's for young and it's for old. It's for men. It's for women. And when the Spirit comes, something takes place that our Google Earth moment goes a bit bigger. The world that we realise God has called us to occupy and enjoy is not just our own postcode, but God has got a story that is bigger for us to be included in. You know, your story might have a theme of failure or mistakes or you've messed up, but you think, I'm out of God's story. I've done too much stuff, and how could he include me in his story? Well, his story is expansive and massive. And the wonderful thing is that for you guys as a church, God is expanding your story. That's what today's about. Your story to this point is to be treasured and celebrated, but God is expanding your horizons and deepening your story because he has a reach and a call on you that is bigger than you've currently experienced. And he wants to do a Google Earth moment with you, spiritually. He wants you to zoom out a little bit and realize that part of what the Holy Spirit is doing is helping you not just type in your own postcode and look at the little space around you, but realize that God, when his Holy Spirit comes on us, anything becomes possible. In the same way that we have this celebration of a few churches every week getting planted around the world, every six weeks or so a new church opening here in the UK, that's part of your story, that's part of the family story that you're included in, that every one of us, every day in every single way, can extend God's kingdom. And it all starts with this fresh hunger in our hearts to say yes to a new adventure. Someone said to me one time, every adventure begins with a yes. And I love that phrase. Every adventure begins with a yes. Every adventure with Jesus begins with a yes. And the invitation this morning is not just for Simon and Keely to sort of symbolically represent something. This is not just a formality. This is a moment for every one of us to give our yes to Jesus again. I'm up for it. I'm up for a new adventure. I don't quite know what it looks like. These disciples didn't quite know what it looked like. But when the Holy Spirit came, everything became possible. Let me just think about this for a minute. If I was to give you, it's not going to happen, so don't get excited. But if I was to give you like £50,000, if I had a gift in my pocket and I could give you £50,000, you're sort of looking at me now, like, keep talking. <laughs> For some people, if I was to give that gift, they would just be ecstatic. They'd be jumping and hollering. And who are the jumpers and hollerers? Who would like be going, whoop, whoop, screaming? There's a bunch of people who be doing that. Some would just be overwhelmed and just they would just burst into tears. You're thinking, crikey, why have I, I don't deserve that. Others would be just shocked into silence. But on receipt of that gift, your life would be different because what becomes available to you is a whole bunch of other choices and possibilities. But your response or reaction could be very different on the, on the outside. In the same way, when the Father gives the gift of the Spirit to us, and we keep being filled with the Spirit, some people's reaction is just stunned silence. Some people are very demonstrative when the Holy Spirit comes on them in power. Others just weep. But when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, everything becomes possible. Things change. The, the possibilities of what God can do in us and through us shift. And what we love about being leaders of a local church and traveling and seeing what God is doing in this tribe, this family called the Vineyard, as we see week in, week out, churches, wonderful churches just like yours, where the Holy Spirit is welcomed, where there's a hunger for that Google Earth view to expand, to say, what is it you want to do? I love it in this bit. It says, um, your sons and daughters, there'll be visions, there'll be dreams. All that is, a vision or a dream, is just 
it's a glimpse of how God sees reality. When God looks at your life, he sees reality as it really is. He knows what can happen through your life as you say yes. He knows what can happen through this church as you say yes. And a dream and a vision is just getting a glimpse of God's perspective on what can happen as I give Jesus my yes again today. And so that's our prayer that in the midst of this celebration that you would realise that God is expanding your horizons. He's wanting to include you in a bigger story. Your yes matters because your yes means that God can be on the move in your own heart and bring change to you in some of the ways that you need change. But God can bring change through you. It says that in many works, someone said to me that um, we have the Holy Spirit in us for our sake, that we know we're kids in God's family. But he's on us for others' sake, for the things that Keely said, that we can actually go with compassion and power to show God's kingdom and love to the people in this part of the world, but all over Kent. Amen. Let's welcome Nick and Chris. Morning all. All the way from sunny Ashford. It's fabulous to be here this morning. Um, I think we met some of you when we came a little while back, and we just love this church. It is full of life, and uh, it's full of um, opportunity. That's how we see that there's so many opportunities God is going to take you into in this next stage of the adventure, which is fab. So just to tell you just a very brief idea of who we are. So I'm Nick, this is Chris. We answer to both names interchangeably, if you get it the wrong way around. Um, and uh, we are the Kent area leaders for um, for Vineyard UK. And as Keely said, there's now... Now, including you guys, that's now five churches. And our role really is to multiply vineyards across Kent. Um, we believe that we want Kent to be an area of hope for this whole nation. So uh, we think Kent's the centre of the universe and everyone else is just catching up. Sorry, Birmingham. But we love, we love this area and we're passionate about people bumping into God and realising how extravagantly loved they are and that changing their lives. And so one of our roles is to see that happen across Kent as much as possible through multiplying vineyards. Uh, another is to strengthen the churches and be around to, um, to champion senior pastors, really. So we are here waving pom-poms for Simon and Keely and Tina and uh, championing them as a family, but also as your leaders. And that is part of our role. So I'm going to hand to Chris now and we're going to get on to the formalities of the adoption, if you like. We use the term formalities. Uh, but can we have Simon and Keely up, please? What's going to happen is we are going to read out a number of statements and we rather hope that they will respond, we will, at the appropriate time. They said, you will cue us when we have to say we will. And we said, just don't worry, we will. There it is, practice. Uh, and later on, um, after just a few moments of, uh, of them making effectively some declarations on behalf of you all, you will all uh, be invited to stand and you will have your very own we will, your two words of fame. So don't, don't muck it up, okay? Don't muck it up. Okay. So let's make a start. <clears throat> Simon and Keeley, you've been called by God to work within the family of the vineyard as a servant and shepherd among the people of Whitstable and North East Kent to whom you are sent. Will you set Jesus always before you as the pattern and model of your calling, caring for the people that God commits to your charge? Will you teach what, gives you, what God gives you to teach, empowering people to bring God's kingdom? 
Will you promise to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to feed the hungry, to look after orphans and widows, to demonstrate Christ's love for the poor by loving them, touching their lives, meeting their needs as the Lord gives you grace? And will you lead people in worship and prayer, always doing your best to love them well? It is like getting married. (laughs) It is with profound gratitude that you should always remember that the treasure entrusted to you is Jesus' church, his children, and the people of this area who he adores. Will you always remember that the congregation whom you are to gather and serve are one with him? And will you serve all people with joy, loving them extravagantly, and trusting that as Jesus is lifted up, so he will draw people to himself. You cannot bear the weight of this privilege and responsibility in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. So, will you make leaning into God a lifestyle, asking him to continually fill you with his spirit? Will you ask that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith? And will you make a habit of asking him for wisdom? Fantastic. So as Paul says in his letter to the church in Corinth, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. That's from 1 Corinthians. So with all of that in mind, this is your moment, everybody. So if you are able, please stand. So finally, to you, the wider church congregation, will you support, honour, serve, Pray for and cherish Simon and Keeley as your senior pastors, as from this day forward, you now belong to the Vineyard UK family. Fantastic. Congratulations, everybody. Hang on. Hang on. There's a slight bit more. The kiss the bride moment is on its way. It's okay. On behalf of the Worldwide Vineyard family, Nick and I are thrilled to welcome you into this part of the church that we call home. May you each find and offer acceptance, love and fruitfulness. Through you, may God's kingdom, that's his rule, his reign, his way of doing things, be extended together everywhere in every way. Congratulations. You too, honestly. Get a room. Uh, So what we would love to do is we're going to invite Simon and Killy to come and stand down here. And then we would love as many of you as possible, don't worry about it being polite and nice, to gather around. And we're going to spend three, four minutes or so, five, who knows, ten. It could go crazy in half an hour. But um, we're going to spend some time praying for them. We would love to lay hands on them uh, and sort of officially... 
commit them to this task. But we would love some of you to just come and gather around. If you can't reach them, stretch as if you can uh, and just do that thing. Uh, so we're going to pray for them for just a few minutes. Can you reach Simon's head? <laughs> Father God, empower these two. Release them by your Holy Spirit. Something fresh, God. Something new. Something more. The Lord, this moment will be a moment of change. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Yes, Simon and Keely, I feel for you that um, the word courage is going to be a hallmark of this year for you. And that um, God has got amazing adventures and he is going to give you the courage that you will need to run into that and with this wonderful church with you. Um, And it talks in the Bible about take courage, that it's not something you have to feel inside. You don't have to make it happen, that you can take courage and that he has got it for you and that you can always trust and rely on him to have your back and to know that he is there championing you all the way. So, Father, we declare that this church would be a people of great courage that they would be bold, that as things like Alpha is coming up, that there would be a new courage and boldness to go and speak to people and invite them into an opportunity to get to know you. And that that would be led right from the front by Simon and Keeley, who will be relentlessly courageous people for your kingdom. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Simon and Keeley, um, you know the vineyard movement through and through. It's part of your heritage and it's uh, part of the clothing that you, you wear and it's, it's the values of what you live and breathe. And when I was praying for you, I, I saw a picture of you guys trying to uh, put on like comfortable dressing gowns. Uh, like it, it was, it's like cosy, it, it's comfortable, it's known. But the dressing gowns that you were trying to put on were too small for you because in the last three years you've grown in stature and you've grown in wisdom, and you've grown with revelation from God. And now he wants to put on you robes which are equally comfortable and cosy and warm, but he has new robes for you to wear in this new season. So God, I want to pray that you would uh, put on Simon and Keely a mantle of authority that they've not known before, that they would walk in this new, in a new authority and that as they walk back into a family, really, that they're known and where they're comfortable and where they're honoured and esteemed already, God, would you cause them to walk taller and differently? That they don't have to be who they used to be because they were known as that, but you would give them the courage and the authority to walk as, as these new, taller, um, greater, with more stature people that you've created them to be. So God, we bless them as they come back into the family, to do all of the things that you have created for them to be, to walk in all the design that you have made them to be. Yeah, we bless them, God. Uh, 
And Father, we pray right now for Simon and Keeley and for this whole wonderful community that you would send your spirit in a fresh way. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we just pray for Simon and Keely right now that every um, blessing and every anointing and every sense of the move that is going on around the Vineyard family, if there's anything that can be imparted right now, we pray you'd release an impartation of your fire and your spirit upon them afresh. We bless you for authority and faith to see churches planted from this place, for the story of God to expand, uh, for the story of God to grow, and for the footprint of this community and all that you call it to do to increase and reach God. I just pray blessing God for this whole area and for this region for Kent, Father, for the vision and the dream that you've placed in their spirit to expand and not be compromised or dumbed down in any way, and that the dreams and visions that you have for this community to say yes to you again would start to seep and bubble out in this place. Just for this, this is a moment for for Simon and Keely to bless them as, as your leaders and honour them. But this is a moment for every one of us. So, can, can I invite, if you're able, can we stand together? And we spoke earlier about when the Holy Spirit comes. It, he comes to include us all in God's story. And this is a this is a new moment for every one of us. And my my prayer and my hope, friends, is that in whatever way you can, that you would give your yes again to Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes in the deepest place of your heart to Jesus. But there's an invitation today on this morning just to say, if I'm thinking about my life in a slightly limited way and I'm not hearing the things and the thoughts and the dreams and the hopes that you have for me, then I want to say yes to you again. Because every adventure with Jesus starts with a yes. It starts with surrender. So I'm going to pray and I'd love it that we would just have an expectation in the stillness that God would start to move in our hearts in a fresh way. That's what I know is available for every one of us. And the Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to, as it says in that passage in Joel, gives dreams and visions. He wants to help us have a glimpse of what he's got in store for us as we say yes. Do you know your yes makes a massive difference, not just for you, but for the people around you, for your workplace, for your street, for your neighbourhood, for the community and for Kent and for further afield. So your yes is a high stakes yes. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer, but just in the privacy of your own heart, recognize this as a holy moment and just in your own way with Jesus, say, Jesus, today, I'm just saying yes to the adventure of following you again. Send your spirit into my life. Come, Holy Spirit of God. in this moment friends I encourage you not to look around and think about other people but just let this be a holy moment between you and Jesus and say Jesus is there am I looking at my life in a limited way 
Am I believing any lies that would just box me in? But is there something you want to speak into my heart? Where my releasing uh, dreams in this place. I felt some of you are going to get disturbed in the night in a good way. You're going to be waking up at funny times and you're going to find yourself thinking, why am I thinking about that community 15 miles away? And I just... <laughs> I feel a burden, a burden to pray for a place I don't even live in. What's that about? Or you might feel struck to pray for a, a kind of a, a group of folks in your town that you know are just a bit marginalised. The Holy Spirit's going to start to do that. And that's the beginning of this thing in the, in the book of Acts. The, the Holy Spirit starts to give dreams and visions. It starts with a concern, a longing, a desire for something to shift and change. It could be in your own situation or in the church or in the community. And the Holy Spirit's going to start to do that. I want to just speak it out in advance. It's going to start happening. For two or three people it's been happening already, but dreams and visions are going to start to open up for you because God is trying to give you a glimpse and, and just let you get some downloads of what's in his heart for you as a church. He wants to expand your horizons and do a Google Earth moment. He's saying, you're wonderful. There's an incredible legacy and story here. But you're, you're entering into a new season, an expansive story, where God's spirit in you moving through you means that more's available and more can happen. I can see as we look out the Holy Spirit touching many people, just stay in that place of receiving. Just in your heart say yes to what God has for you in this moment. Come Holy Spirit. Increase your presence. Um, yeah, I felt very specifically there were some people here who have had dreams in the past and it either didn't work out the way that you hoped it would or thought it would or you just never quite had the courage to go for it. Um, and in, I felt specifically there are people in the room today that have said it's too late, I've missed my moment. Um, whether you feel that's an age thing. I felt specifically there were some people who felt like, actually, I, if I were now 30 years younger, I'd do it. And I feel like God is saying to you this morning, do it now. This is your moment. It's as much your moment as it ever was before. And that he's calling you to reignite those dreams you've had before. So these aren't new dreams. These are ones you know have been there. But for whatever reason, whether that's through disappointment um, or through lack of opportunity or lack of courage, that they've been a little bit buried um, and I felt like God was saying, now is the time to, to reignite those again. He put them there in the first place and he's not done with you yet. Um, so don't write yourself off because he hasn't. Definite theme in what's being said here. I felt very clearly that God is looking to raise up some prophets in this church, some people who are really gifted uh, in the prophetic ministry and so the main function of that is that as those prophets speak words they become like seeds they're observing they see what God is doing and they become like seeds that create life so if you uh, have you if you have made yourself I'm a prophet badge it's probably not you but if you're like I just know things I seem to see things God seems to drop things in me but I've never even really had the confidence to say it it's more likely you and God is going, God is going to um, give you more of a voice and, and when you feel that prompting when you feel that butterflies the good old fashioned word was unction when you feel that thing then you, you'll know that it's, it's time to start speaking
sometimes as we wait quietly in God's presence, the Spirit of God comes in in waves. There's a sense of him here as we're still. The Lord's presence is with us, but let's not miss anything that might be in the Father's heart for us this morning. Let's just, in the best way that we can, give him our full attention. And just say, Lord, we're hungry for more of you. We're hungry for you to fill us afresh and send us out in the power of your Spirit. Father, I bless what you're doing right now in this space. I just pray for an increase in the power of your spirit. Some of you are just very aware of just like a, almost like a kind of a cloak being on your shoulders, just a weight and a, a sense of deep stillness and peace. The Holy Spirit is touching you. This gentleman here with his glasses, just by the pillar, the Spirit of God's resting on you, my friend. Just if you're near this gentleman here with a check shirt on, just a couple of people, just pray and bless what the Father's doing. Just a couple of folks here in the middle. Just the spirit. You can just, as we look around, you, sometimes you can sense the Holy Spirit is drawing close in a powerful way, just bringing His presence and His peace at hand. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I pray that that word of courage would just start to take root in the soil of this church that the Riverside Vineyard here would have a courage to do the things that you've called it to do and would not hold back when you say this is the way let's go for it that there would be a, a courageous spirit in this church to say yes to the adventures of Jesus and thank you God that you're expanding their horizons you've got more in store and we just pray for an increase Father we pray that every Sunday there'd be new folks that are finding their way to church here and as they come they'd find a welcome but they'd also experience the very power and presence of God that you'd bring healing and hope and transformation that the broken would be set free that the oppressed would get whole that the uh, hopeless would be given hope and courage God we ask that every gathering would be a time when you're moving in power but we pray that every time there's a scattering of your church across the different communities with work on Monday and communities that we go to and schools and colleges, we'd be scattered in the power and the presence of your spirit to take your life and your love to the people that we bump into. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you that your Holy Spirit's on us for that. You're in us for our sake, but you're on us for others' sake. You want to do good stuff as we say yes. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.